0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Classic Vinyl Podcast. I'm your host, Justin. I'm here with my co-host, Tyler. Hello, our uh, favorite listeners. This is a podcast where we do our best to review uh, classic rock albums from the vinyl era of the 60s and 70s. And tonight, we've got... Well, oh, another one oh, that... you're getting the best of us. yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but tonight you're getting probably another low-hanging fruit as far as uh, classic rock albums and... Uh, well, you, you know, we, we give the low-hanging fruit to our uh, listeners that request it. Exactly. And this one was requested by Austin T., actually, from our beautiful home state of Utah. Oh. So, and he suggested and wanted us to review Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here. So thank you very much, Mr.
1: Austin T. We um, really appreciate the suggestion.
0: So we just got done listening to this album. Mm -hmm. It's an album I've been, oh, I'd say pretty entrenched in for years. Mm -hmm. What about you? Oh, let's see. This uh, album was kind
1: of a uh, sandwich, and I'd never eaten the bread before.
0: Yeah, so yeah. basically you'd heard the three middle songs, That's but right. not the beginning and end. Uh-huh. Yeah. I knew what
1: you meant. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I meant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let me give you a little history on Pink Floyd as a group, just a tiny bit. Uh, they're obviously an English rock band. Uh, they formed in London mm-hmm. in 1965. Uh, you know, early on they were considered a you know, pretty heavy psychedelic band that did a lot of experimentation. Yeah, I would say they're a very <laughs> psychedelic band, <laughs> <men. laughs> but they
1: were—they're the poster child of psychedelics. <laughs> they definitely
0: are, but they're—I don't even know what you'd consider their music. A lot of people consider them Thinking Man's music, just simply because mm-hmm. the lyrics and trying to decipher what they meant. And I've got—I had a thought while listening to this album. Not to
1: jump too far ahead but I think I've figured out Pink Floyd in that these guys are artists, acoustic artists. And what I mean by that is that with the, every song that they're playing here, I mean, this, this album plays out a lot like a, a rock opera. It does. And with the lyrics, the music, everything all together, it, it's like you're hearing a picture. It's well, like standing at a museum looking at a work of art and just,
0: you know, absorbing that work of art.
1: But yeah. it's through your
0: ears. And and I think a rock opera is a good, I would say a musical opera, because this album isn't mm-hmm. very much rock, nor no, is a lot is... of Pink Floyd. I mean, it does have one song that's pretty straight mm-hmm. through rock, but yeah. and we'll get to that. But um, Pink Floyd was uh, founded by Sid Barrett, who was originally their main vocalist and guitarist. Uh, Nick Mason, who played the drums, Roger Waters, who played bass and vocals, mm-hmm. and Richard Wright, who did keyboards and vocals. Um, huge, hugely influential band on a mm-hmm. number of artists. I mean, they've sold more than 250 million albums worldwide. So so, <laughs> so uh, they were inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1996, mm-hmm. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that is, and... Um, Kind of funny little tidbit. They were the second rock band ever to be featured on a UK postage stamp. Oh. Huh. Who do you think the first was? The Beatles. You're right. Yeah. It was the Beatles. <laughs> so, you know, they, they, their debut album was in 1967, uh, mm-hmm. Piper at the Gates of Dawn, which they did have a couple of uh, singles off of. And it done fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people know David Gilmour, who was in the band and very you know synonymous with pink floyd now he joined in 1968 as the second guitarist to the group but kind of was the replacement for sid barrett because he was struggling with mental health and drugs and you know a lot of people think he went crazy a lot of people are now i guess basically don't say well (laughs) but a lot of people are saying now because of what his family is in turn said is that he wasn't going crazy he had asperger's but it wasn't a Oh. known thing at the time right so i don't i don't know if that's true or not but you know it's always interesting to
1: try and uh, diagnose people retroactively yeah know? yeah
0: or or even then when there was no diagnosis yeah. you know i mean you mm-hmm. were either crazy or you weren't right yeah I've, I've heard people try to uh you know diagnose uh abraham lincoln
1: for example as one way or another i'm just like uh how do you know
0: yeah we can't even diagnose people when they're in the office yeah. nowadays I mean so oh, especially in this country where we're, we take mental health so seriously well exactly yeah. so getting back to Pink Floyd they're responsible for 15 studio albums uh, four live albums 12 compilation albums five box sets which is pretty amazing mm-hmm. and 27 singles released which yeah. um, their first single actually hit number 20 in the uk it was arnold lane so that was pretty decent hmm. for a first single you know yeah um their best-selling album which you know this album we're reviewing tonight uh wish you were here sold over 20 million copies but their best-selling album of all time which most people are familiar with is I mean, dark side of the moon
1: yeah the dark side of the moon i was gonna guess that yeah
0: and it's it sold 30 million copies worldwide I'm, I'm not surprised and uh funny enough it's Fiftieth anniversary just barely passed, so oh. I'm sure we will um, be reviewing rest in peace,
1: Dark Side of the
0: Moon. <laughs> we'll be we'll re- be reviewing that album at some point, but it's down down the mm-hmm. you know yeah
1: slide a little ways. Yeah, tonight you're getting something that's not Dark Side of the Moon, but sounds um, very familiar to it.
0: <laughs> so you know they've released a lot of famous albums. Yeah. You know, like I stated earlier, the Pipers of the Gates of Dawn. Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, The Wall, Animals, mm-hmm. uh, quite a few others. Um, I love The Wall. You know, the, their song Money, the single off of mm-hmm. uh, Dark Side of the Moon, it was a twenty top 20 U.S. hit. Mm-hmm. But Another Brick in the Wall, part two, you know, mm-hmm. you know that song. All we are is another brick in the wall, you know. Mm-hmm. Eat your pudding. That's right. Well, you got to eat your meat before you can eat your pudding. Mm-hmm. But anyways that was their only number one hit yeah how, and how could you have any pudding if you didn't eat your meat you couldn't no you simply couldn't <laughs> that's ridiculous but another brick in the wall mm-hmm. part two as they call it was their only number one hit in the us and uk as far mm-hmm. as singles released Yeah. so and you know roger waters was the main composer of the band after sid barrett left sid barrett initially was the composer of the band and wrote a lot mm-hmm. of their early material um Dark Side of the Moon, Uh, speaking about that in 73, it also reached number one in the U.S., but only reached number two in the U.K. Um, Mm -hmm. But Wish You Were Here, The Wall, and The Division Bell, which they released in 1994, one of their later albums, they all reached number one in the U.S. as well. Um, Another album that reached number one in the U.S. in 95 was Pulse, which is a live album. And funny enough, that's kind of what got me hooked on Pete Floyd Mm -hmm. was Pulse. I really, wow. I bought that album when it was brand new. It was kind of neat as a CD. It had um, a little blinking red light on it, mm-hmm. and it went for about a year. Wow! On the CD case, so I'll have to show it to you after this. But mm-hmm. that's an amazing live album. Oh, it, yeah, those little diodes will go forever on yeah. a tiny battery. Yeah, it's an amazing album. So anyone that's a, you know, that's a fan of Pink Floyd or even a moderate fan of Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. I would suggest, you know, taking a look at Pulse. It was a a great live album yeah um so you know there's all kinds of problems with pink floyd nowadays Yeah. and there's been all kinds of lineups and things like that and a lot of problems between gilmore and waters and Mm -hmm. roger waters has his own controversies lately but that's not Mm -hmm. anything we're going to get into but you know sid barrett after you know being kicked out of the band or leaving the band however you want to see it you know Mm -hmm. he Lived out the rest of his life until he was 60 years old and died in 2006. Oh. Um, having huh. mental issues all the way along or having some kind of problems, as they say, with it. And the funny thing about the Wizard of Oz thing, I've tried it, mm-hmm. as I know a lot of people have, and I don't really see it matching up any better than a Doors album or a Led Zeppelin album. It just. I, I think that. Um... You're you're probably doing a good thing by listening to any album while watching the
1: uh, Wizard of Oz on mute. Well, and you, and
0: you can you can come up with anything. Oh, yeah. I know what that means. You know that has a reference to this. But Pink Pink Floyd mm-hmm. lyrics are hard enough to figure out anyways. Yeah. You know so, but you know Richard Wright, who played the keyboards and did backing vocals, he actually passed away in two thousand eight at sixty five. So mm-hmm. there's a couple of the original They're members starting to drop off. Yeah. yeah, a couple original members are dead. Um they've historically had many fights with record companies and contract signings and things and which is what a lot of this mm-hmm. album is about yeah uh is you know the fight with the so-called man right the machine, yeah or the machine you know and mm-hmm. it's you know like i said this is a i really get that from this album that makes sense Yeah, and that's why, you know, I do consider it a musical opera in a sort, because it does have a meaning to it, it does flow, I mean, most of the songs fade into each other, which I don't generally like, but it works really well in this album. Okay. And this is a, you know, it is a low-hanging fruit, like I Mm. said earlier, as far as an album pick, but it's a, you know, because it's a top album. It's not nearly as low-hanging as Dark Side of the Moon. No, it isn't. Yeah. i mean but get to the album wish you were here it's their ninth mm-hmm. studio album um it was released on september 12th 1975 for some reason it was released on september 13th of 1975 in the u.s oh. so the u.s had to wait an extra day well take that yanks yeah completely recorded at emi studios in london in 1975 now emi studios famously is where the beatles did all their recording and and it's actually known as abbey road studios now oh wow so all right (laughs) little kernel of knowledge there yeah you know and the the album wish you were here is written according to roger waters and david gilmore is written as you know basically describing their alienation and criticism of the music business you Mm -hmm. know from the side of the artist and all the you know, tough dealings they had to deal with. Well, I, I can see that this is very much an artist album. It is. And, you know, it's funny because I, I go back and I try and find reviews on these things that were from the day. Right. Mm-hmm. And the reviews in the day were pretty mixed. It wasn't considered, you know, their strongest album right up front. But, you know, as the years have went by, it is considered one of the greatest albums of all time and one of their strongest albums. You know, I mean, they pretty much the trio of albums of Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here in the Wall are considered the strongest Pink Floyd albums, you know, and they've stood the test of time, you know, and it's it's amazing. You know, it's amazing how we've talked about it multiple times, how certain things do really well initially and time goes by and they just kind of get forgotten but other things seem to grow in popularity over time Mm -hmm. and this is one of them so you know let's get into the cover of the album the cover of the album is kind of interesting it's a picture that was taken at warner brothers studios in california and you've got two men on there shaking hands right and one Mm -hmm. of the men's on fire so, according to Waters and Gilmore, uh, you know, this these two men shaking hands with the one man, one man on fire, you know, signifies artists getting burned in the music deal, right? Okay. So, and I, I don't know if that's true or not, or if it was just a cool album at the time or whatever, but... Well, it certainly uh, lines up,
1: because you got these two guys at a studio, and one's on fire, and they're both shaking hands.
0: Exactly. I mean, and this was their first album with Columbia Records in the US. They'd mm-hmm. done all the others with Capital, and uh, they were still with Harvest Records in Europe. Um, it debuted in at number three in the UK, and only took about a week, and it was at number one. Oh, wow. So it was also number one in the US.
1: People liked it.
0: And uh, it has sold over 20 million copies worldwide. Mm-hmm. So a pretty big selling album yeah i'd say yeah yeah it's you know and rolling stone has it ranked up there pretty high too so i mean it's been you know as high as i think 100 Hmm. of the best 500 albums but like we've told in many of our episodes before rolling stone moves that you know list around quite often
1: yeah uh i can see that but this um this group like i said you know when when you look at it as uh these guys are, are, are like very distinct artists. And so if you like their art, you're going to love it. If not, you know, it, it might not be your thing.
0: Well, and I'm, I'm a pretty big Pink Floyd fan. You know, I have their, I have a selection of their common albums and things like that. And I listen to them quite frequently, but I'm not, you know, the ultimate fan. And there are a lot of people that absolutely love Pink Floyd and there's a subset of people that hate them just yeah. cannot stand their music. Mm-hmm. I enjoy them quite a bit. Yeah. And the one thing I can say is they're the one band that I <laughs> never really get tired of any of their music I hear on the radio. Yeah. And I don't know if that's cause, cause it's played quite often. I mean, sure. you hear money, you know, you hear another brick mm-hmm. in the wall, you hear yeah. wish you were here, you hear, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a number of them right? Yeah. that you hear all the time. And mm-hmm i i don't really get sick of them yeah I, I enjoy their music you know other ones you hear all the time have a cigar comfortably mm-hmm. numb you know yeah. just real common playing songs but they i never get tired of them yeah so mm-hmm. i've always enjoyed pink floyd and you know it, it's pretty interesting to listen to some of their other albums that are little deeper dives like animals mm-hmm. uh, they're interesting but yeah after multiple listens i find myself liking them more and more so you ready to get to it
1: let's dig into this album
0: okay so on our vinyl we're going to side one mm-hmm. and it opens up with half of the song of shine on you crazy diamond uh so part one through five essentially yeah and and what's interesting about this song is you've got the nine parts right you've got mm-hmm. It opens with the album of parts one through five, and then it closes the album of parts six through nine. But it's really hard to delineate the separate pieces of the song unless you yeah. really know mm-hmm. where they are. And to me, that's getting a little too in-depth. I mm-hmm. think it's more interesting just to enjoy the song.
1: Yeah, it's a very um, what
0: seamless, the way yeah, that it's put together. Yeah, it's not like it's a bunch of cobbled <laughs> songs together, you know. Yeah, well, everything, I mean, it's more like a uh, putting a
1: puzzle together, that the pieces fit.
0: Yeah, they fit perfect, yeah. and so this is a song written by David Gilmour, Roger Waters, and Richard mm-hmm. Wright all together, yeah. and it's sang by Richard, or I mean by Roger Waters, mm-hmm. he sings the song, he's the main vocalist, obviously, with backups from the other, but it it originally, you know, was written as a tribute to sid barrett oh you know for his contributions his life and you know i mean mm-hmm. he was leaving the group and he'd he'd gotten the group going he'd help found the group you know yeah. so really interesting song i've always enjoyed it a lot of people get bored by it but mm. it's it's long <laughs> well yeah i mean you're i think you're about 18 minutes between mm-hmm. both sections right yeah so, you know, it's given Inagata DeVita a run for its money, but at least yeah. they did split it up. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what's interesting about this album is there is only five songs on mm-hmm. it, but it still manages to be about 40 minutes long. So
1: Yeah, and um, a stark contrast of Pink Floyd versus the other albums that we've listened to so far is Pink Floyd, um, it does all kind of mesh together. Um, they they all fit together seamlessly whereas the other albums that we've listened to and reviewed on this podcast there <clears throat> there's been distinction between songs and sometimes from complete different genres and styles
0: yeah it's, it's but this
1: is very seamless all the way throughout and that's why I think it feels like a rock opera
0: yeah and originally they did record this as a one-piece mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, shine on you, crazy diamond, and they broke it up. Um, once again, you know, they've played this live numerous times, and there is a version on Pulse mm-hmm. that is excellent. Yeah. And that Pulse album was actually, that's the live album I was speaking about earlier. It was recorded live off of their 1994 European tour when Roger Waters and uh, David Gilmore were still getting along, or one of the times they were, because they're not right now at all. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on this song uh
1: this song is very ethereal it, it just feels like you're floating through space from beginning to end um and i i really enjoyed it well <clears throat> i mean it, it is what it's considered one song but it's it's those five parts and those five parts take you on a little bit of a journey and when you do have lyrics um those lyrics are not they're, they're not singing a song to you so much as they're just another element in this picture. I mean, I, I really feel like if you, if you listen to Pink Floyd, just close your eyes and imagine these guys as artists with paintbrush that are you know slapping paint up there and you're seeing different strokes. And so, when you hear the vocals, they're just another part of the, the whole music, a part of the whole picture. And you'll appreciate this album a lot more, I think.
0: Well, you know, I've always loved this song. I used to actually fall asleep to it, which that sounds like a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but it's it's not it's a very calming song it has
1: yeah this could be the uh the soundtrack to 2001 space odyssey
0: (laughs) yes it could (laughs) yeah it has a really you know it starts really low and slow and comes in and as the volume raises and it has a real slow build Mm -hmm. it has nice little guitar licks on it that are that are beautiful not not overdone or anything like that but they it's just a nice, simple guitar. I, Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it, you know, and, and the funny thing about it is it's instrumental till about nine minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. Roger Waters doesn't kick in with the vocals till about nine minutes, Mm -hmm. a little under that, but about nine minutes. And so it's really interesting to listen to it, but it's, the music is excellent. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I just love the way it flows. I love the way all the pieces as they call them pieces put together Mm -hmm. it's got good synthesizer in it it's got good simple bass lines and it's just a i mean i think you kind of explained it well saying it is Mm -hmm. kind of a rock opera Mm -hmm. other than i there's nothing really rock (laughs) about it it's no but what else do you classify pink floyd as (laughs) well i mean you know i think they're highly considered classic rock you know but they're and they do have their rocking songs there's no doubt about that Mm -hmm. but but this isn't, you know, until we get to a couple of the other songs, Shine On Your Crazy Diamond is not like a rock song. It, it's more of a masterpiece put together, you know. I mean, it's it, it's hard to explain. I, the only way I can say is go listen to it. And if you don't mm. like the Pink Floyd sound because they do have a lot of instrumental, then maybe you're not going to like it. This is the epitome of Pink Floyd sound. It, it really is. Yeah. and it, But I really do enjoy Shine On Your Crazy Diamond. Mm-hmm. you know the first and the last part so yeah. what what was your overall thoughts did you enjoy it i liked it especially you know
1: knowing some of the background behind it uh now that you've explained that this is kind of like a tribute to um what was his name Sid Barrett. Sid Barrett. Yeah. yeah that makes a lot of sense especially <laughs> you know shine on you crazy diamond it's such a such a '70s thing.
0: <laughs> well, and not only that, I always I always find it funny because we'll talk about it when we get to the the second piece that ends the album, you know, Shine on Your Crazy Diamond. But they're basically acting like the guy's dead, you know. And I yeah, I find that funny. These are all young men in a band, you know, and hmm. and they're just saying, well, if you're not in the band, then what are you really, you yeah. know? But I guess it is good that they, you know, did this tribute to him, and yeah, you know that that part is really good. Mm-hmm. so and I really enjoyed it
1: I enjoyed it as well um more than I expected to I mean like I said this was kind of like going to a, a a theater for the first time for me where you're sitting there in the seats and all of a sudden the lights go down the curtain goes up and it begins and you're transported to this different world that uh, they're portraying on the stage and actors are each playing their part and it, you know this is this is really a cool thing to see, and it, it, something about Pink Floyd, they sound like Pink Floyd. You definitely know Pink Floyd when you hear him, and nobody else sounds like Pink Floyd. Yeah. They and I, don't sound like anybody else.
0: Well, and I think they definitely yeah. spurred, you know, I think, mm-hmm. you know, this is definitely a concept album, and yeah. I, I think that term is overused a lot, but... It certainly is a. I think anything that's put together with an overflowing theme, especially this album where every song pretty much fades and flows into the next song, Mm -hmm. you know, call it a rock opera or a sound opera or a music opera or a concept album, whatever it is. I think they were, you know, a huge influence on a lot of the bands, especially the 70s, like ELO and all those guys that, Mm -hmm. you know, the Alan Parsons Project, things like that, that were very, very. You know, that, that did a lot of instrumentation, but did a lot of uh, pushing the envelope and trying yeah, different things, you know, there. concept or as people call it, prog rock or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. I, it's hard to put terms on that stuff and people yeah. do it a lot because, you know, you can throw a bunch of bands into the prog rock category. Mm -hmm. and every one of them sound different from each other yeah so it's kind of an interesting thing but i think pink floyd definitely was the precursor those styles Mm -hmm. of music you know and made it more okay you know Mm -hmm. to put big long instrumentals and things like that flow through the album so i really enjoy it so yeah Yeah, for me it's like sitting there on looking at a
1: van gogh or like a picasso painting and you're just like i i definitely recognize this as a work of art from this artist but you know you sit there and look at it and you just enjoy it i
0: think well yeah and so after the first song that brings us to the last song on the on the first side yeah <laughs> that <laughs> I mean, did not take long no it didn't take long Yeah, <laughs> uh, welcome to the machine so mm-hmm. you know shine on you crazy diamond actually fades into uh welcome Mm -hmm. to the machine and you start hearing those machine like sounds like you're in some kind of factory or something like that you know
1: exactly what it sounds like is
0: yeah yeah they're kind of interesting sounds and i i don't feel like they sound dated either you know i mean if you if you go see a star wars movie or something from the late (laughs) 70s or even the 80s the you look at some of the graphics and the things they do and they're kind of dated right (laughs) yeah but to me this doesn't sound dated (laughs) on here um i think it's very experimental for mm-hmm. all these sounds to be you know put in this yeah. but i like the way it opens you know it, it seems mm-hmm. like it almost might be kind of cheesy you know welcome mm-hmm. to the machine let's put a bunch of machine yeah. sounds <clears throat> but it it hits the spot for me anyways mm-hmm. um, Yeah, the welcome my son <clears throat> so the, this is uh, another song the lyrics and the music are written by roger waters but this one's actually <clears throat> sang by david gilmore Yeah, Um, it's got a lot of funny time signatures in it. It changes Mm -hmm. around a lot. Um, I really like the machine sounds to open it up. Yeah, Um, it's got a really good synthesizer sound to it. Mm -hmm. It's got good bass lines in it. Um, I don't know. I think I'm not a huge fan of synthesizer, but the synthesizer Mm -hmm. in this song is really cool. The things that they do with it to like,
1: it just feels like a machine. It sounds like a machine. And I don't even know what kind of machine. It
0: just sounds like machinery. <laughs> well, and I think Roger Waters, you know, you know, following on with this concept, you know, Shine On Your Crazy Diamond, written as a tribute mm-hmm. to Sid Barrett. I think Welcome to the Machine is, I think it's kind of a storyline. And this yeah. is the way I take it. You know, you've got the Sid Barrett era, and now you're Welcome to the Machine. You know, they're signing with the, yeah. with the record companies and doing this and that. And... Mm-hmm. It, that's the way I take it. And That's kind of what he said before that it yeah. was about. Th- this song is a metaphor. It feels like a metaphor. Yeah, yeah, and and you know they are thinking man's music. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's. Yeah, I think there may be one meaning in the lyrics, but there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I think that's one of the neatest things about music because you can take a song and you know make it fit into your life how it needs yeah. to. That's one of the cool things about this
1: song, is that it starts off slow and smooth, and as it, as it, the song goes on, it starts to pick up the tempo a little bit, then it gets a little bit faster. Kind of the machine gets warmed up, right? And then it, it there's a lot that they start putting in and adding in. It starts off like pretty much just that synthesizer, and then they start adding a bunch of different instruments.
0: So what about, you bought a guitar to punish your mom? did you ever do that no
1: <clears throat> i was never that rebellious of a kid
0: well you did buy a bass guitar I bought a bass guitar last
1: year yeah and uh,
0: to punish your wife yeah but you haven't it. ever played it so so i'm not very good at punishing my wife well you could try it but i you know i'm gonna say it one more time though i really do like the synthesizer in this and oh, yeah. i generally don't like synth i think it's mm-hmm. a moog synthesizer i'm not sure but it, it does, I don't know, the way they end the song with it and stuff really does well. And this is the only song that doesn't fade into the next song, and that's yeah. because it's the end of the side, right?
1: And the end of the song sounds like they're going into some sort of spaceship or the spaceship is taking off. I mean, it's it's really otherworldly, the I wonder if
0: the, I wonder if it's supposed to, you know, somehow signify the machine is breaking or not not working correctly or probably cause that's kind of the yeah. overlying theme waters mm-hmm. was really into is, yeah. you know, and he's, he's always fought, you know, Pink Floyd have sued the record companies a number of times for royalties and different things. Mm-hmm. And, and they've always had issues with management and in that. And now of course, Roger Waters and David yeah. Gilmore are fighting nonstop. Just mm-hmm. recently they had a big tiff on uh Twitter or whatever it is. And yeah, Unfortunately, you know, it's. I don't think you're going to see Pink Floyd ever back together again. And and they really, you know, Roger Waters and David Gilmore at this point are Pink Floyd, right? Mm -hmm. Luckily, both of them still tour. So, you know, I think you need to go check one of them out. And I've never seen either of them live, but I would like to go see both of them live. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because once again, all the bands I love and adore, they're all kind of dying.
1: Sadly, that's true
0: you know and
1: they're getting up there
0: yeah they are getting up there mm-hmm. so we're going to flip the vinyl over to side two and we open up with kind of a you know more of a straight rock song on this one probably yeah. the only straight rocker on the album Pretty much, yeah have a cigar mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts on this song
1: um one of the big things i thought about this song while i was listening to it is that the lyrics that um pink floyd writes they're not great they're not really um exceptional words (coughs) excuse me but if you take it like if you were to take the lyrics and put it to different music i don't think you'd be impressed but as a as an integrated part of the song or as a part of like the tapestry that these guys are weaving boy it's beautiful and it really contributes and helps bring all that picture together.
0: So, you didn't like, oh, by the way, which one's pink? I liked it. Oh, okay.
1: Just checking. I, I just like it uh, in conjunction with the guitar and the synthesizer. These guys really know that they use the crap out of the synthesizer.
0: Certainly on this album. I really like the intro to this song, it's one of yeah. my favorite introed songs well with the exception Mm -hmm. of the next song and the bass line is excellent in this Mm -hmm. so a little history on this song this was another song written by roger waters and funny enough no one from pink floyd sings this song oh really yes they (laughs) they got an english folk rock singer named roy harper oh he actually sings the lead vocals Mm -hmm. um there's actually only three pink floyd songs ever that have guest singers on them and this is one of them and by far the most famous one um i guess uh gilmore and waters both attempted to record this song mm-hmm. you know to so yeah Solo is that a word yeah individually <clears throat> yeah okay let's just call it individually probably solely
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah they they both attempted to record it and didn't like the way it fit and they also recorded it as a duet and they didn't like it either and so you know roy harper was actually at emi aka heavy road recording his album hq at the time and i guess he owed him a, a favor because david gilmore played some guitar licks on his albums
1: oh i thought maybe they gave him some drugs and or something.
0: They, that's probably what it was i mean <laughs> we're just reading the story but hey man didn't we give you some of that hash <laughs> <laughs> so supposedly he owed him a favor so they asked him to come over and sing the song right mm-hmm. and it's it's funny because roger waters you know, he sang this song live, mm-hmm. but Pink Floyd, as a group, never performed it after 1977. Huh. Now, both Waters and Gilmore still play this song live mm-hmm. to this day, you know, with their solo tours. So.
1: As they should. It's a good song.
0: Yeah. it's it, Like I said, it is, you know, it's a great straight rocker. Um, Roger Waters says, you know, this song was written about the greed and cynicism of... Mm-hmm you know the rock group managers at the time oh, yeah. and the problems they were suffering and that's so i don't know what the have a cigar signifies i don't know if that's bringing you you know come on come on in boys and have a cigar yeah. mm-hmm. you know you're gonna go far mm-hmm. you're gonna fly mm-hmm. high mm-hmm. You're never gonna I, think, die. I think
1: that's exactly what it's supposed to signify is that yeah you're being uh, didn't I give you that cigar? Now, you know, give me a cut of your profits and earnings. <laughs> yeah, and
0: I, and I kind of take it a, uh, you know, <clears throat> come in here. You're going to love this, you know, from this mm-hmm. kind of grease grease back hair, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. some kind of uh, yeah. music exec, you know, that's mm-hmm. going to definitely take 80% of the cut or something, yeah. you know, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what was going on. So, yeah, you know, it's this is an amazing song. I love I love the intro. Like I s- said, um it's got an amazing guitar solo that starts about the middle of the song and plays clear Mm -hmm. out to the end it's it's with a good baseline to it but the guitar solo that plays out to the end is amazing Mm -hmm. yeah i think you know gilmore does an amazing job on that um yeah it's this song's been covered by a number of artists um you know most recently primus foo fighters government mule those are three famous ones that have covered it but Mm -hmm. a lot of other artists have covered it as well yeah so what did you think of the song overall did you do you like the instrumentation in it or oh absolutely do you yeah the
1: instrumentation uh, there's no no doubt these guys are very talented at their instruments um like i said pink floyd is kind of they're just an iconic artist um painting a picture for you and that this whole song just—it really feels like you're being sold a bill of goods by a manager, by some you know greasy manager, or you know Mister Potter from *It's a Wonderful Life*. And I think there's a scene in there where he gives George Bailey a cigar, and it's the same thing, right? He's trying to connive uh, George Bailey by buying him off with a cigar, like, "Oh yeah, come in here and I'll, I'll give you a job. You can work for me." Yeah. And then George Bailey realizes, "Wait a second, um... You're, you're buying something worse than I'm willing to give up.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and this song still gets a lot of radio play. Yeah. And I've always enjoyed this song. Mm-hmm. I, You know, I can't say anything bad about it. It's one of my top five favorite, yeah. you know, Pink Floyd songs. And I can say that. It's, it's a great song. It's catchy. Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, like I said, Look, i was saying the guitar solo through Mm -hmm. the middle to the end i love how it fades out and then it fades right into the next song which is wish you were here Mm -hmm. and it's kind of an interesting fade because it fades out and then it starts you hear a radio tuning you know Mm -hmm. it's it's supposed to be an old am radio tuning and i guess they actually recorded it Mm -hmm. out of david gilmore's car his radio tuning it back and forth on the stations and then Mm -hmm. and then of course this goes this starts the wish you were here song right yeah and the title track of the album and you know this is a song that was written together by david gilmore and roger waters and david gilmore sings the lead uh, lead vocals on this um i like the fade into it and (laughs) You know, generally the fade ins are kind of weird, but this one's this one's good because I like how they use that ra- AM radio, and then when the the acoustic guitar intro starts, it's mm-hmm. kind of playing on that radio, so it's kind of mm-hmm. that far off, scratchy mm-hmm. sound. But then yeah. on top of it, you start getting the clean guitar mm-hmm. coming in on it, and yeah. it I just like it, the way it, it sounds together
1: really nicely. It
0: does, yeah. it does, and and this probably this is probably my favorite pink floyd song of all time Mm -hmm. it's just a beautiful song Mm -hmm. um i've learned how to play it on guitar a long time ago and i still play it quite often whenever i can it's
1: it's very smooth very soft song
0: yeah it's just a pretty song Mm -hmm. and you know i it's got beautiful Mm -hmm. piano in the song they Mm -hmm. use it really well uh the synthesizer they use really well it's pretty modest in the song but it they use it really well. And I I just like the acoustic nature of the song. And even when it kicks up tempo a little bit, Mm -hmm. it's still a pretty downtrodden song, you know? Yeah. But being
1: familiar with a few of these songs in the middle, especially this one, which you were here, very uh, popular song. I can't look at uh, Pink Floyd the same after listening to this album and say, oh, they're musicians. No, these guys are artists. And they work in music the way that uh, van gogh worked in oil paints you know
0: well i i think the one thing about pink floyd you know you get have a cigar wish you were here welcome to the machine all Mm -hmm. songs that are played heavily on the radio but the one thing you'll notice when you listen to their albums is it it that's just the tip of the iceberg on these things it gets so much deeper Mm -hmm. and and almost strange in a way, yeah. but you <laughs> they know, do take
1: you to a different world. They take you through the looking glass.
0: Yeah. And some of their albums, animals was really tough for me to get used mm-hmm. to. But after multiple listens, I, it's a must have and a must mm-hmm. listen for me now, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't have said that after the first one or two times listening to it. <laughs> and that, that's kind of how like shine on your crazy diamond is, you know? Sure. Yeah. And I, I can get that. There's people who are,
1: Pink Floyd, the sound of them, just rubs them the wrong way. Yeah. Sure.
0: I get it. I I try and be open to most music. Mm-hmm. It, but, yeah, I, I don't know if I really get that as much. I mean, I, I would think, you know, if you don't like a lot of their radio play songs because you hear them too much or mm-hmm. you just don't like the sound, give the albums a, a try because mm-hmm. it's completely different than what you hear on the radio. Yeah. So... And this song, you know, both Waters and Gilmore have said this is probably one of the, if not their best Pink Floyd song ever. I believe and, that. And I, I can see it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. There's some interesting things about this song. You can, uh, one little kind of tidbit of information mm-hmm. David Gilmore, you can hear his cough at the first of the song. Oh, just like mine. And, yeah, he's mm-hmm. just like you. So take a little advice here. But what he did, he knew it was because of his smoking at the time. Uh, and as soon as he heard it, he quit smoking cold turkey the next day. I need to quit
1: smoking. I got to give up the cigarettes.
0: Yep. The problem is you don't smoke. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe uh, what you ought to do from now on, just, just a suggestion, <laughs> maybe you ought to put that cough drop in before we, before start, recording. we start recording. Yeah. I don't mean to try and boss you around and be your mother, but. Yeah, you're kind of the boss. Okay, fair then enough. You're kind of the boss of me. <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's how it was when we met. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> another thing about this song is they never released it as a single until the Pulse album came out, the live album. They actually mm-hmm. released the live version as a single. And it did fairly well. I don't. I don't have the exact numbers of what it did, but that was in '95. They released it. and mm-hmm. It's still charted in the top forty in the U.S. and the U.K. So yeah, yeah. And
1: that, that's crazy to me because that's like twenty years ago.
0: And well, closer to thirty, but yeah, yeah. Like
1: thirty years ago. And then they, this was, that was twenty years after it was released. Well the. It's funny crazy
0: funny enough it a crazy time when they released it in 95 it was closer to when it was released than it is to here
1: and it's insane like how much time has flown between when this album was cut and now
0: yeah i mean it, yeah. the album will be 50 years old here in a couple of years there has been so
1: much love and hate from with pink within the pink floyd band between there and here
0: yeah that certainly should. i mean that's that's no doubt i mean they i battle. wish they were here So do I. Mm -hmm. To see Pink Floyd, you know, to see Roger Waters and David Gilmore get back together Mm -hmm. and tour one last time. I'll
1: wait tour, yeah. But (laughs) some of the things
0: I know that have been said between them, it's going to be a tough coming back from. Mm -hmm. But I'm not on the inside circle, so who knows? You know, the one thing I love about Wish You Were Here and i'd like to know what your feelings are how that how this mm-hmm. fits in with the theme but the, the lyrics in this were i'm not usually a lyric guy but mm-hmm. you know you will be for pink floyd yeah you know we're just mm-hmm. two lost souls swimming in a fish bowl mm-hmm. year after year yeah you know where where do you think this fits in you know this album was supposedly about the problems with the this is a little different from the rest of stuff. the album isn't it is it or is this another tribute to are they are they saying this to sid barrett wish you were here could be i mean
1: yeah because that's the theme of of this whole song not the whole album but song number four on the album wish you were here is that's the theme is that hey you know we miss you that you know we've been through so much together, and uh, we're I, I'm so accustomed to seeing you all the time, year in year out, but now you're gone, and it's just not as it's not the way it was before. So yeah, wish wish we could have you back. And see,
0: I kind of transcribed this song as being more of a love song. Yeah, you know, talking about the word mm-hmm. two lost souls. So I, I take it as they're singing. Now I don't know if that's about. Mm-hmm. You know the band members or a woman or what it is but band,
1: bands are pretty close
0: yeah so i mean i, I don't know yeah it, it seems to me more like a love song mm-hmm. you know and you're so close and you're so in love or whatever but you're mm-hmm. gone away at the time yeah and you wish that person was here you know mm-hmm. i mean and and that's where the thinking man band comes in mm-hmm. you know you're you're you can decipher these any way you choose yeah. and that's the way i decipher them and and to me that's maybe why i don't try and figure out exactly Mm -hmm. what the lyrics mean because these albums that we're reviewing Mm -hmm. i've listened to for so many years but when we do a little research and find out what they actually Mm -hmm. wrote or meant them to be when they were written and things like that almost screws me up a little bit because i've always had a different idea of the song you know of what it meant and In a way, I think that's a better way to be. Yeah, to decipher it for what does this song mean in your own life Mm -hmm. and mean to you?
1: Yeah, and I think that everybody's going to take music that way. Um, In fact, I was uh, I was listening to a song today that was about you know uh, like about tragedy striking the person, and I was wondering you know what what is it that's caused this uh, this singer to. sing like this you know what is this tragedy that they're singing about that struck them that has altered their life and I really feel like it's up to the listener because so many so many artists and band or bands out there that's how they write music is like here we're writing music that you can relate to and you can fill in the blanks
0: in that I guess you know, if you can write a song and have a million people get a different, diff, you know, a million different meanings mm. out of it, then you've kind of done your job, right? Yeah. Especially if you wrote that song meaning something to yourself in the first mm-hmm. place, then it's great that you can disguise it to be so well to mean so much to other people, yeah. you know? But t- taking
1: the whole album here as, and looking at it like a big tapestry, right? That's got all these different panels within the tapestry, but each panel is part of a big picture but you just kind of zoom in on different parts this particular song it just it's kind of if you have like a tapestry where most of the most of it's in dark colors and then you have like this bright uh, happy colored or you know uh, kind of a light source panel that's what this is in that tapestry and it's like well how does how does that fit in with the rest of it? I'm going to be completely
0: oh, honest with you. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but it, mm-hmm. but it sounds beautiful. Yeah,
1: and that's, what, that's how I feel about Pink Floyd. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough.
0: So, Wish You Were Here, my favorite Pink Floyd song, yeah. uh, without a doubt. So, that brings us to the closing of the album, mm-hmm. uh, which is the second half of Shine On You Crazy yeah. Diamond, part six through part nine.
1: Which uh, starts with the wind in the microphone. It does. They need a baffle.
0: Yes, like we do sometimes when yeah. the heater's running, right? Exactly. Yeah, but we're not, you know. Keep in mind, we're folks, not Pink Floyd. Yeah, <laughs> we're not Pink Floyd. So this it, it does have an amazing bass intro mm-hmm. to it, and it continues into the Moog synth, and it's it's done really well on this. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's another fade, right? Fades right out of "Wish You Were Here" to the to the, what would you call it? The, the wind, yeah. the sea, yeah, wind on a beach or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, yeah. Um, I think you know Gilmore does amazing, um, guitar work in the first section of this song. Oh, yeah, um, it's one of the you know some of his best in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and of course we don't have any singing till after almost f- the song has been going for about five minutes again, and it's mm-hmm. Roger Waters again, <laughs> um. And some of the harmonies Waters and Gilmore have, I think, are highly underrated mm-hmm. because when they do harmonize together, they're, I, I could rank them up there with some of the best. They have beautiful harmonies together. Yeah, You know, and a lot of people, myself included, have a hard time telling the difference between mm-hmm. Waters and um, Gilmore singing or even mm-hmm. uh, Roy Harper singing Have a Cigar because a lot mm-hmm. of people think that's one of... Floyd singing it you know Mm -hmm. so it's I don't know it's pretty amazing you know once again in these you know these last four pieces it is hard to tell what's what you can Mm -hmm. tell the music changing but I don't think you would think it was four pieces of music if you didn't know or (laughs) if it wasn't called shine on you crazy diamond part six through nine right yeah it
1: it it just it melds together
0: yeah i i do like when they get into what is kind of considered section eight mm-hmm. of the song or part yeah. eight um yeah it has an amazing bass line mm-hmm. and it kicks into that funky guitar where uh, it feels disco it yeah it's kind of a funk guitar yeah. kind of a rock disco funk mm-hmm. guitar and i really like that sound yeah i it's it just says bell bottoms to me
1: <laughs> Does it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it,
0: I, I don't know. It, it
1: kind of seems... bottoms
0: walking to
1: the discotheque or
0: maybe walking away from the discotheque. It just reminds me of funk music for some reason. And, yeah. But, but then, you know, it gets into the last section at about nine minutes, mm-hmm. uh, which is considered, well, I call it section, but part nine. Yeah. Um, And that's when it really slows down. Mm-hmm. And Waters said, you know, this, this is kind of a... You know, this is what I thought was funny. I I can't remember if it was Waters or Gilmore that said this. Plays out like a like a funeral march as a eulogy. That's exactly what it sounds like <laughs> to Sid Barrett. And I'm thinking, kid, the guy isn't dead. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why why are you playing a eulogy to him? But I guess I guess as far as a band member of the Great Pink Floyd, he mm-hmm. is dead, right? I guess well he's uh, dead it, now, it, it, but I mean as as young man I guess you look at it that way. This, you know this song was written ahead of its time. It, it, well, wouldn't any song be written ahead of its time? Yeah, I mean you could sing it. Well, but like two thousand six, that's what thirty
1: years ahead of its time.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it was way ahead of its time. Yeah, um, and there you know this this is just kind of a continue, continuation with a little bit mm-hmm. different music, a little put different put differently together you know what
1: it sounded like to me what's that i I wrote this down i was like this sounds like the sad version of a magical mystery tour is coming to take you away (laughs) (laughs) no
0: i i I don't see for my personal opinion i don't see the the similarities (laughs) there but but that's the song i hear baby
1: however you take it and and that's why I, I, i just called you baby i never call anyone baby but hey it seems like it fit, baby. That's fine. Okay, I'm
0: fine with it.
1: <laughs> it fit with this song, that's for sure. With yeah, but, the bell bottoms and the disco.
0: <laughs> but another, you know, another good song. I think you know, 18 minutes of it may be a little too long. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, you know, like I said, I used to sleep to it. Mm-hmm. So. Well, 18 minutes of this ought to be plenty to get you to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so you know this is a very very strong album yeah um shine on you crazy diamond mm-hmm. it, you know as much as we laugh about it and say it's too long it's yeah. also worth listening to and it i i still enjoy yeah. sitting down and listening to it
1: it doesn't feel like it's 18 minutes long it, well, it, it really doesn't it, it's because it it's split yeah it goes quickly well it's split but it also like even the first was at 14 minutes in the first
0: uh um, i think it's about
1: 12. 12 minutes okay yeah, that doesn't feel like twelve minutes. You're it's a long feeling song, feels like maybe eight minutes, but I mean it's not ridiculous.
0: Another little tidbit about this: uh, these parts six through nine, uh, right at the end mm-hmm. as it's fading out, there's a little keyboard part where they play a little part off uh, a song called "See Emily Play," which was mm-hmm. one of Sid Barrett's songs. Oh, so I think a lot of Pink Floyd song or Pink Floyd fans, huge mm-hmm. fans, that would know that. Uh, obviously they already know that yeah or if they don't then maybe go back and listen but and
1: if you did know that then well you know thank you for telling us yeah
0: thanks for letting us know we,
1: we wouldn't have known without you
0: yeah so you know fairly short album you know five songs mm-hmm. it's uh yeah um but
1: boy big songs
0: yeah they're yeah. big songs and i mean excellent album you know three of these songs mm-hmm. <laughs> Essentially, the whole album, with the exception of mm-hmm. "Shine On Your Crazy Diamond," still gets radio play to this day, quite frequently. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> and like I said, you know, this is kind of a an
1: unknown sandwich where I don't know what the bread is. <laughs> well, <and laughs> but I, think, I know the the meat, the lettuce, and the pickles very well. well. And I think yeah. any
0: casual Pink Floyd fan is going to feel the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So an excellent album, an album I still listen to quite frequently these days when I'm working. It's one I get, I put on quite often. So Austin, thank you for your suggestion. Yeah, this was, this was a fun album, yeah, Austin. Thank it good you. album. And so, what do you rate the album out of ten? What would you What would you say at the end of the day? Would you rate this as an album?
1: Okay, as a whole album altogether, like having sat down and listened to it and. I think I understand Pink Floyd a lot better now, because before listening to this album, I kind of looked at Pink Floyd as kind of a weird band that just had a weird sound, and they were they must have been just like drugged out of their minds writing this music, because that's kind of what it sounds like. It's an acid trip, is uh, is the sound of Pink Floyd. But now that I seem to, I, I think I'm starting to get Pink Floyd. I'm going to rate this a lot higher than I would have. And, you know, for all of this, I'm going to say this is a solid nine,
0: maybe even
1: a 10. Maybe.
0: So for me, um, and that surprises me that you rate it so high. It's way up. That's almost like you going and buying uh, who's next. I am, you know, I could see myself buying this album as well. Yeah, it's an excellent album. And, you know, and I've stated this in previous episodes, but when you sit down, you know, you can listen to an album for years and years, but when you sit down with the opportunity and the premise to review it, mm-hmm. you look at it in a different light. You know, yeah. you do a little research on what the songs mean officially or what mm-hmm. they were written about and things. And it sometimes it's not always the best <laughs> thing, you know, because no. <laughs> it changes your feeling on it. I probably rate this album an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. I'd probably rate it a solid nine or higher, mm-hmm. but I think it's for lack of material. You've got three songs on there. You've got Welcome to the Machine, mm-hmm. Have a Cigar and Wish You Were Here, three of my yeah. favorite Pink Floyd songs. Mm-hmm. And then you've got No, then you've got Shine On You Crazy Diamond, mm-hmm. the two sections. <laughs> and I like that, but it's album filler. It's not something that's going to make it onto the radio plays. So you've yeah. pretty much just got three songs on this album, uh-huh. and to me, and then a whole bunch of acoustic. <laughs> it, well, yeah. So to yeah. me, it, it's just it's not that it's lacking anything because it's solid <laughs> as can be. Yeah. But it almost could have been turned into a double album with some more. Yeah, it, And, of course, that all depends on what kind of quality those songs were. But, mm-hmm. you know, you've basically got three singles that are radio play with Shine On You Crazy Diamond. So I think why I rate it a little lower at an 8, all three of those songs get it an 8. And they're mm-hmm. amazing songs. But I, yeah. as if I'm rating it as a, a full album, mm-hmm. it's just not much further than those three songs to me.
1: It really isn't, but, and I'll, I'll tell you this, Justin, if I was going to rate each of these songs individually, cumulatively, you wouldn't get get nearly as high as I rated it as a whole. Um, but the reason why I sit here and say, wow, I could go out and buy this album, is I feel like, I, I, I mean, this, this whole album does feel like that big tapestry. And I felt like I want to go to the museum gift shop, and buy a print of this tapestry that I can take home, put up on my wall, frame it, so I can go and revisit and look at this tapestry, and study it even more. You know, yeah, because there's something catching me about it that's that I'm really enjoying.
0: Well, and you know, I'm rating it at eight, mm-hmm. and and I'm not. I love this album. I'm never going to quit listening to it. Right, yeah. I'm just saying as a complete album. It, my, it's not
1: that like great because it's just got three three big hits yeah, sandwiched guess,
0: between some acoustic my missing two yeah. points is because it's missing material
1: yeah it could mm-hmm. have more you sure. know i
0: want more of it and that, that's the only reason but it's an amazing album yeah it's a must have mm-hmm. i have i have it on vinyl i have it on cd you know mm-hmm. listen to it frequently so yeah amazing album mm-hmm. amazing album so that's all for today um keep reaching out to us with your suggestions. We've got yeah. a few of them and some of them we've got to dig a little deeper into, but send us some emails, uh, classic vinyl podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And to, uh, our favorite, uh, vinyl head out there so far,
1: Austin, thank you again for an excellent suggestion for this. Exactly. Uh, for this episode.
0: And don't forget to reach out to us on Instagram at classic vinyl podcast, uh, Twitter at classic vinyl pod. And, you know, let us know, Let us know how we're doing. Go out and give us some reviews and some suggestions and, you know, anything we can do and whatever albums you want to hear, we'd be into it, man. Yeah, if you don't want me calling you a vinyl head, then tell me. (laughs) And make sure to write in and tell Tyler to take his cough drop before we record.
1: Yeah, I need that reminder before we start
0: recording. But until next time, thanks for listening. Bye.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Classic Vinyl Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Classic Vinyl Podcast for updates and also share us with your music-loving friends.